Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm an integrative and functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in well over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a school in practitioner mentorship where we help other clinicians level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what this show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Now give me the mic so I can take it away. All right, you guys, hold on to your butts because we're talking quantum biology today. I've got Dr. Katherine Clinton on for an interview. I've been really excited to talk to her on the podcast for, for a while now. When we start dipping our toe into the quantum world, it can get like a little heady, a little spacey, a little bit complex. I think that's fair to say. So this is one of those episodes where you're going to want to stay till the end because we take all this complex stuff and break it down into practical action and strategy that you can do on a daily basis. But I wouldn't skip ahead. I think you'll get the most out of it if you listen all the way through because understanding the whys behind things help to really like juice up our motivation to actually do it and get the most benefit from it. I think the timing of this conversation is so cool because there's just so much overlap between what Dr. Catherine is talking about and what I'm teaching in Manifest Your Health, perhaps coming at it from slightly different angles, but a lot of overlap. One of the things that we do and we practice in Manifest Your Health is this coherence, this this idea of coherence. And so she gives such a deep and robust explanation of like what's actually going on when we implement some of these practices. So I'm excited for you to listen a little back backdrop uh, background on Dr. Catherine Clinton. She has spent over 15 years helping people overcome their health issues. She was diagnosed with two autoimmune conditions and Lyme while she was in med school. She began the long and difficult journey of healing, a path that led to the commitment to help others to not only heal physically, but to return to the relationships we evolved over millennia with for a deeper sense of health and belonging. We're really going to unpack that statement in today's show. By healing herself and patients like her, she discovered that true health comes from our relationships. Dr. Catherine has learned how our quantum biological system is intimately and inseparably connected to the world around us. Our relationship with the dirt beneath our feet, the sun, the wind, the water, the plants, the seasons, each other, this is the real medicine. Her mission is to empower as many people as she can with this knowledge to encourage the paradigm shift we so desperately need. So how's it sound? Let's get into it. Welcome to the show. I am beyond thrilled to have you here. I've been like like having like nervous energy all morning because I'm so excited about sitting down with you. I've followed your work for a very long time and I feel like I know you just through Instagram. <laughs> But now we actually get to meet through Zoom. So welcome, Dr. Catherine Clinton, to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here with you. And I'm so excited to dive into some of my favorite topics. Yeah, you have such a passion for it. Like, I just love learning from people who have such a passion for what they're teaching because I feel like it, like, I don't know, it revs me up, you know, like I feel like I can like get some of that passion like infused into me. So um I'm like where to start? Where to start? I'll I'll back up and say that my work has always been really bridging the science with the spiritual even before I knew that I was doing that. It wasn't even like a conscious effort, but when I was going to school for nutrition and dietetics, I was also simultaneously in clairvoyance school where I was studying energy and energy medicine. And so it just naturally infused itself into my work, kind of like bridging the seen with the unseen. Right. And I think this is why I've always 
been so fascinated with the work of Candace Pert and Bruce Lipton, the field of psychoneuroimmunology. I know that that you got really fascinated with that, especially with your own autoimmune diagnosis. So I feel like our stories are similar in that way. Um, really fascinated with how much influence the mind and the emotions really have um, over our biology. But with quantum biology, we're going up a little bit even higher than the, the mind and the brain. And we're saying that the universe affects our biology, which is just really cool. Um, one of my intentions with my work and with this podcast is to continue to bring people new ways of thinking about their health. And sometimes this requires a little bit of a reprogramming or a letting go of old ways of thinking about things so we can open ourselves up to seeing a new way. And you, we were talking before we started the show about this paradigm shift that's happening in science and medicine. And can you speak a little bit to that as we start out this conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've been working under this chemical mechanical model for the last 200, 150 years. And we've had amazing success and learned and discovered so many different things. But there's a big gap between that theory of explanation and what we see happening in the body. It just doesn't explain it. For example, every single one of our cells has over 100,000 tasks being performed each second. And we have trillions of cells. And this is accepted science. This isn't fringe. This is accepted science. But it is absolutely impossible with the Newtonian physics and biology that we're learning in school right now. And that's where quantum biology comes in. It allows us to explain how all of these reactions can be happening almost instantaneously within a cell at one time. And we see this again with the lock and key sort of uh, model of how biological action happens in the body. So we've got the receptor and we have all of these key uh, molecules floating around, bumping into each other, random collision, and then they find randomly their match and they unlock that receptor and whatever action that happens after that. But we know that the cell is much too dense, much too crowded for those random reactions to be happening at 100,000 times per second. And so that's where quantum biology really stepped in. And what do I mean when I say quantum biology just to begin with, I'm talking about these nano-sized interactions within the body. We finally have the technology to measure and observe these very, very, very small interactions in the body between our biology, our proteins, our cell membranes, our organelles like mitochondria, and how they interact with photons of light, with phonons of sound, with electrons, with protons. Um, it's absolutely fascinating once we dive down to that layer because we start to see how interconnected it all really is. So we're just jumping right in. We're just going for it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, I think that this stuff can go over people's heads really quickly. So I want to kind of keep it big picture, but then I would love by the end of the show to drill into some of the practical application of some of the things that we're saying, you know, take it from theory to like, okay, how does this impact my life? What can I do with this information? Which you're really, really good at. Um, so question, are we saying that the, the lock and key or the chemical and mechanical approach to our bodies into health is wrong or that there's just more to it than just that? Yeah, absolutely. We're saying that it's not wrong. Like quantum biology doesn't negate Newtonian physics or the Newtonian biology model. It adds a deeper layer of understanding. It is not this random collision that is initiating that lock and key receptor. It is a quantum biological interaction between things that we 
couldn't see previously. And so now we have this deeper understanding. And again, it doesn't negate that there is a, a key and a receptor and a change in that protein that then leads to biological action. We're saying what initiates that interaction is most possibly and potentially it looks like the best explanation for it is these quantum phenomenon at work in our biology. It's absolutely fascinating. This like when we start to have these conversations, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel it in my heart and I feel like a little bit of like a prickle behind my eyes. Like I feel like I might cry because <laughs> it's just so big and it's so vast. And it's also makes me scratch my brain a little bit. I think it's like the running joke that it's like, if you think you understand quantum physics, you don't understand quantum physics, right? It's just, it's so mind bend bendingly awesome. Um, I, I, when you're talking about this interconnectedness, you mentioned sounds, you mentioned light, you mentioned electrons. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this in more detail, but, um, last week I was traveling, um, for a conference and I was working out in a gym. I don't usually work out in a gym, but it was there and I was in Arizona and it was hot outside and it was just like, nice. It was a nice gym. And I'm like, cool, let me do this. And I got on the treadmill to do some sprints, which I haven't done in years. And I was on a newer treadmill and they were, um, they had this screen on the treadmill. And it was showing me imagery of being in the woods. Now, typically I live in the woods. So I go for a woods walk every day. It's like my forest medicine, but it was showing me a screen of being in the woods. And I made a joke um, on Instagram. I'm like people using machines indoors to move their bodies while looking at a screen of an image outdoors might be why our immune systems are all collectively fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, like kind of a joke, you know, kind of like a think piece statement. Um, but somebody swooped into the DMs and they were like, well, actually the research shows that images of outside are really good for your immune system. I'm like, I get it. I also get it. But you can't sit back and tell me that we can recreate what nature is giving us, what nature is doing for us between the light and the sounds and the bird songs and like the green spaces and all the different things that we're um, consuming or like baked in or getting access to when we're outside. We cannot recreate that through a screen indoors. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the beautiful thing that happens when I start talking about this or researching it is there's so much of our science, so much of our medicine is theory. It's our best idea of what's happening around us. But the beautiful thing is there is something bigger and more vast than we are able to currently understand. And so when we try to take that relationship that we have with the natural world and turn it into a treadmill with a screen of the forest in front of us, we are undoubtedly casting aside so many different things that happen in our real relationship with the outside and movement in the outside. And we've really become very good at extracting things like, okay, how do we do this? Okay, I will go outside. Okay, I will see the images of the forest. Okay, that's good for my immune system. I will do this and that is good for for my health is this really extraction relationship rather than this tending to this bi-directional relationship. I think when I start to really zoom out and think, well, what does this all mean? It really looks like there's this massive flow of energy of electrons and protons, and we are all a part of that. We really don't end at the barriers of our skin. We are an intimate relationship with the world around us. And when we try to extract that or reduce that down to one thing, like the image of a forest on a screen, while our body might get some benefit for that, because that's where we're supposed to be, it's we're undoubtedly missing out on all the other things known and unknown that are happening within that relationship. Yeah. I think it's the unknown piece. We really can't account for that, right? We can't replicate what we don't know. And so 
I, I think that that's just, you know, we're good at like chunking things up. I need the movement. I'm going to do the movement. I need this. I'm going to do this. It's like we like piecemeal and spot treat ourselves, but really the magic happens when we bring it all together, all online, even if we don't have like a deep understanding of why. Um, it's funny timing that I'm talking to you because I just released an episode where I was talking about um, one of the ways that I put my autoimmunity into remission, one of my entry points to like a deeper level of healing. I was joking that I call it my frequency medicine. It's like frequency check. It's tapping into myself and being like, what makes me feel good? Um, even if I can't really explain it. Um, it, it's like, it's like a vibe. It's like, being out in nature or surrounding myself with certain people, putting myself in certain situations, taking myself out of situations that don't feel good. And I think as a scientist, it's important that you can quantify these things or these ideas, but as a human being suffering, um, I don't really always care if there's data to back something up. Like if it makes me feel better, I'm going to do it. But I do, I've heard you talk a lot about frequency and I think it's a little bit challenging to understand what frequency is and how it impacts us and how we interface with it. Can you explain the concept of frequency on more of a scientific or even biological level? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we're talking about frequency, we're talking about the way that things are vibrating. And we can talk about that, um, you know, biofield medicine and biofield research is a huge field that is looking into this. And we can measure some of these frequencies and we do it all the time. We can measure the biofield of the cell. We can measure the biofield of the heart with uh, EKG. We can do, we can measure the biofield of the brain with the EEG. It's the subtler forms of frequency and how that impacts our biology that still remain sort of a mystery. Now we know that these more subtle energies are impacting our health. I mean, there's just a robust amount of um, research done on acupuncture and Reiki and healing touch. Uh, there's a beautiful study out by uh, MD Anderson looking at healing touch and tumor markers and tumor growth. And so it's going mainstream because there are such benefits, even though we don't fully understand the mechanism to all of it, right? Um, because when we talk about frequency, there are a lot, that's a huge range, right? We know that every single atom has its own frequency, both in sound, in color, and vibration. So it's, it's really fascinating when we talk about frequency because we're starting to understand how impactful frequency and vibrations are on our biology. For example, We've learned you, you brought up Bruce Lipton and maybe that was before <laughs> we started recording, but Bruce Lipton is uh, amazing and he's really contributed to our understanding of how the body works. When we were in school, we learned that the nucleus is the brain of the cell and it sends out its you know, commands, and that's how things get done in the cell. Well, thanks to Lipton's work, we really now understand that the proteins that are embedded in that bilipid membrane of the cell are really the brain of the cell. They are taking information from outside of the cell and relaying it to the inside of the cell, which directs biological action, whether that's an enzymatic process, whether that's a uh, of physical movement of cilia in the respiratory tract. I mean, whatever it is, it is initiated by a change in that protein shape. That's how we get that action started. And we're now starting to recognize um, Kosick. Irina Kosick has done amazing research with resonant frequencies and how the vibrating frequency of a protein 
can be picked up by other proteins, just like the example of a tuning fork. If I hit a tuning fork and I have another tuning fork that's tuned at that same frequency, they will start ringing in tune and vibrating at an audible level for us to hear. It's a beautiful way to understand this. If I have a, a frequency tuning fork that's set at 432 and I hit a frequency fork that's set at, or I bring a tuning fork that's set at 500, they don't match. So there won't be that resonant frequency transfer of the tune and the sound. We see the same thing happening in our proteins. One protein is vibrating at a certain frequency. Other proteins that are able to pick up on that frequency do, they resonate at the same frequency and that frequency changes the conformation of their shape and thus that biological action we were talking about. It's absolutely amazing and it opens up so many doors and we don't have the answers to all the things that are happening behind those doors but we're starting to understand that there's something more than the chemical and mechanical parts to our body there is a frequency communication that's happening and we can see this with um electromagnetic frequency and some of the therapies that are being used quite successfully, um, like pulse electromagnetic frequency, the PEMF therapies that are happening out there for all kinds of things, uh, neurological function, behavioral issues, executive function, um, mood some of the spectrum issues that we see um, along ADD and ADHD and OCD really benefit from uh, PEMF and this line of therapy where we're utilizing different frequencies. And we can see that, I mean, Aaron, we can go so many different places with this and how we're seeing the benefits of this, even though we don't have 100% clarity on what's happening. Um, but the, the research I mentioned um, from Irina is just amazing, looking at how our proteins are communicating via frequency and they are folding and changing shape and thus creating a whole new set of biological action just via this vibrational information. And we're going to quickly interrupt this discussion to shout out one of our show sponsors. As a reminder, the support of our sponsors is what allows the Functional Nutrition Podcast to continue to pump out new content to you. So we always thank them. We hope that you support them too. I've got a fun Organifi offer for you, so get ready because I know how much you love these. When you get the Sunrise to Sunset kit, you can also enjoy a free 30-day sample of Pure for a limited time. The Sunrise to Sunset kit helps transform your entire day in three easy steps. A detoxifying morning reset with the green juice, an afternoon energy boost, caffeine-free with the red juice, that's my fave, and a nighttime relaxation tea with the gold, which is like a yummy anti-inflammatory golden milk type situation all packed with superfoods that your body will love. You get an awesome bundle savings on this kit, and for a limited time, you get a 30-day supply of the Brain Boosting Blend Pure for free. Pure helps to repair, protect, and feed your brain cells. Keep that sweet, sweet brain of yours nice and healthy. If you want to save an additional 20% and get free shipping, head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash F-U-N-K. If you'd like to conquer sleep with Ned's dream set, Functional Nutrition Podcast listeners get 15% off with code FUNK. Go to helloned.com forward slash FUNK or enter code FUNK at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash F-U-N-K to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. I have a couple of follow-up questions. Are you familiar <laughs> with Eileen Day McCusick? McCusick, I think I'm saying her. Her. So I um, received treat, or I have been receiving treatments from one of her students, and so she literally uses. It's called biofield tuning. She literally uses tuning forks 
um, to work on my energy field. And, um, I was referred to her by somebody. My eye had been twitching for like six months, just like just my, my eye was twitching for six months. The first treatment, my eye stopped tw twitching and never started twitching again. So I was like, my buy-in is all the way. And so I've, I have utilized her so many times I've brought her into my programs. Cause I'm like, this is this is wild. This is wild. But it now I start, I, I, I'm starting to understand sort of like why this stuff actually works. Um, yeah. you know what we have never talked about, and this is a huge, I mean, we could do six podcasts on this alone. Um, but maybe just to touch into it with everything that you said, I would anticipate that a listener's question might be, what about EMFs? Like, how do they fit in? um, to all of this? Absolutely. Um, that's a great question. And there's a lot of research out there that's happening currently. And it's an interesting field because it's dominated. The research is dominated by industry, right? So we have, um, sort of this obstacle of funding when it comes to research, but we can see quite clearly that our, our DNA, our fascia, our proteins are receptive to the EMF frequencies in our environment. And so I think it's important that people understand this and people start to demand more research, better research, um, because those things are prevalent in our modern society and they're not being talked about. Mm -hmm. And there are ways that we can, you know, work hand in hand. I mean, I don't uh, live in a cave without any EMF or, or modern lighting or some of the things that I'm sure we'll talk about, but there are ways to do that in a way that aren't such a, a burden on our body. Um, and I think that that one of the, the most concerning things for me is the amount of influence that we are faced with in our biology from these man-made EMFs in our environment. And once we can kind of wrap our heads around, hey, our bodies are sensitive to this. It does influence our biology. And how can we best go forward so that we have the best of both worlds so that I can sit here and talk to you and we can share this information. But at the same time, I can utilize my relationship with the world around me so that it isn't the only influence I'm coming in contact with. That I, I, that's incredible. Um, and it's, I love the way that you present information. It's not fear inducing. It's like, yep, this might be a problem and yep, we need to, you know, we need to just be aware of it. And there's some things that we can do. Um, and I'll, we'll save that to the end, like strategies that we can implement. Um, and you know, you say it's, it's, it's not being discussed because, those who are discussing it are immediately being labeled as fringe or quack. And so it's kind of shut down. So I feel like it's kind of, um, it's a territory that people tend kind of dance around a little bit. So I appreciate you mm -hmm. speaking to that. Now, when you're, we're talking about frequency, is frequency the same thing as coherence? Um, I love heart math research. I love some heart coherence. Are we talking about the same thing or is it slightly different? I think we're talking about the same thing. I think when we're looking at heart math and some of the research that they've done showing that when our, the frequency between our heart and our brain is in alignment, is resonant, is in coherence, then our biology works much more efficiently. And we can dive into the details of that, but it absolutely is a a matching of those resonant frequencies. And it's really um, amazing that they were able to take that information from heart rate variability. Now, this is something very mainstream, right? Heart rate variability is the idea that our heart isn't a metronome um, beating at a steady beat all the time. It is constantly changing motion. And I had someone the other day say, well, we know that if I run up a flight of stairs, it's going to increase. Absolutely. What I'm talking about is the second to second 
change in heart rate because of the innervation of our vagus nerve. So our heart is receiving information from our nervous system saying you're safe or you're in danger. And it's increasing our heart rate and then decreasing it. And what we see with heart rate variability, and this is something that, you know, Olympic athletes are using, NFL athletes, it's um, a widely accepted and used measurement of our biology and how how in tune we are. But what HeartMath did was instead of looking at the variation in the beat, they looked, they flipped it and looked at the pattern, the resonant pattern. And you can see a clear relationship between the heart and the brain via this what they call a measurement of heart coherence, using heart rate variability, but looking at the pattern rather than the um, actual beat, the, the variability in the rate. And, and so both measurements provide us such insight into how our nervous system, how our heart and how our brain are aligned via this frequency and resonance and coherence. They can work together in alignment, or they can be a little more uh, incoherent working on their own. And we need both of those to survive. Just like with the nervous system, we need that fight, flight, freeze response, just as much as we need that rest, digest, repair response. It's the getting stuck in one of those that becomes a problem. So that was a long answer about heart math and, and they're doing amazing work and they've really utilized, you know, our mental imagery and our breath to create this coherence. It's, uh, it's absolutely incredible. They have a ton of videos out on YouTube where we can go and just experience how it feels. I mean, these videos are under five minutes. You can do it in a couple minutes just by using your breath. You breathe into your heart space and you think of an emotion that is replenishing like gratitude or joy or appreciation. And the, I've never had anyone come out of that two minutes saying, yeah, so what? Everyone is like, oh, okay. Yeah. I should be doing this daily because the change in how I feel is just much more calm, much more focused when our heart and brain are in coherence we are innervating our frontal lobe where we can make calm, rational decisions versus when they're not in coherence. We're using more of our amygdala and the hindbrain for quick reactions, that fight, flight, run away from the bear type of reaction. And it, it trickles down to so many different pieces in our biology. A lot of us don't realize that the heart actually has its own intrinsic nervous system. So each of these pieces are really not only working in coherence with each other and alignment with each other, but there's a relationship that they have with our entire biology, right? With our digestion, with our respiration, with our immune system, with our inflammatory status, uh, all the way down to our mitochondria. It's really, really fascinating that big word of psychoneuroimmunology, just how our emotions and our thoughts impact our biology. Yeah. You know, and even like how our, um, just how it's so interconnected, like the vagus nerve being part of our like social, um, you know, it's connected to the heart, but it's also connected to the larynx. So it can change our voice tone. It can change our facial expressions when we're in communication with, it's just like, so such a beautiful interconnected system, <laughs> our bodies, they're really miracles. Um, you know, I was, I found heart math years ago when I was struggling with my own health issues and I would do the practices as they're laid out. And the more that I did it, it's like, you really do build up that, that neuroplasticity towards, towards feeling those things. And so now, because I've been practicing for so many years, like I don't even really have to practice. It becomes more of like my steady state where I'm out walking and I'm just like incoherence. Like I know what it feels like now in my body. And I'm like, damn, I'm there. Like I, I feel more 
awe, in inspiration, in joy, in appreciation of just like the basic little moments of life. Um, so I just, I, I'm just such a huge fan. Um, one thing that I was, uh, that, uh, that came to mind is you were talking about the heart, um, the, the resonance. And I'm always like, am I saying these words, right? Like, I'm not really sure this is not my wheelhouse, but I believe the electricity of the heart is 60% that of the brain. Is that accurate? Yeah. It's 60 times bigger 60 than times. the brain. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Not 60%. <laughs> Thank you. But so what does this mean? The electricity, like I've heard, um, the, our bodies referred to as electric. What, what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question because again, that's something that we usually, um, think of as woo woo or, you know, very fringe, but <clears throat> again, it's not, we've all heard of, of EKGs and EEGs. We are electric in nature. So in our very being, so our cells have an electrical charge that changes depending on our state of health, our uh, mitochondria. I mean, we could just go through all of this. <laughs> our, every single part of our body has an electrical charge. I'll just say that because the list gets a little um, numbing, but <laughs> yes, <it's, laughs> it is part of our, <clears throat> the way our biology works. And what we're seeing is that when we can apply that in a knowledgeable way, we can ha have such benefits. Um, bone growth after breaking a bone, adding that electrical frequency and therapy actually builds that bone back faster, stronger. We see the same with wound healing. Uh, and the effect of adding energetic medicine in the form of electromagnetic frequency, right? So um, this is different than the, the energy that might be used in um, Reiki or healing touch or, you know, something like that. This is actually applied electrical magnetic frequency of a certain frequency of a specific hertz that is um, changing how our biology works and heals and repairs itself. And when we take this down to some of the smallest pieces in our body, we can understand like our mitochondria, for example. Now, Dr. Wallace, uh, George Douglas Wallace has done really extensive research on how our mitochondria have a certain voltage. And when that voltage goes down, that electrical charge goes down, then we see the onstart of so many different chronic diseases, cardiovascular issues, obesity, metabolic disease, respiratory disease, autoimmune conditions. I mean, he's really gone through an extensive amount of conditions and he's found that this decrease in electrical charge is tied with disease. Or on the flip side, if it's up and maintained, it's tied with health. And from a quantum biological perspective, what we're looking at there with the mitochondria and the electrical voltage is the ability to maintain that negative charge. And so, you know, when we're looking at different frequencies and how frequencies of emotion, like we were just talking about with heart math, we're talking about on a really basic level, the flow of electrons and the flow of protons in the body, the flow of that negative charge, the flow of the protons and, and the ability for them to also help maintain or inhibit our electrical charge. I mean, really, really, when we're talking about all of this, whether it's, um, you know, these technologies that we're using with EMFs to help therapies, whether it's Reiki, whether it's, um, you know, these more subtle biotherapies that we are seeing, it's all really dealing with the flow of electrons and protons and maintaining that negative charge. Um, one of my favorite things uh, is 
some research around tears and how tears are uh, packed with positive charge, almost as if a frequency of emotion causes us to release that positive charge through our tears so that we can maintain that negative electrical charge in our cells and maintain that physiological gradient that charges life while at the same time experiencing the range of human emotions. Um, it's beautiful and, and awe-inspiring when we start to think and maybe easier when we start to think of it as this flow of electrical and, and negative and positive charge and how that maintains our biology at the most basic, basic level. I've got some great news for you. Element Grapefruit Salt is back. This is a summer exclusive flavor of your favorite electrolytes. If you plan to be sweating at all this summer, you better get some so you can stay optimally hydrated with the right fluid to electrolyte balance. Trust me, you will feel the difference. I always keep packets in my purse, in my gym bag, my beach bag, and my suitcase for travel. Load up on the grapefruit while you can. It's definitely one of the best flavors. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. You get eight single serve packs for free with any Element order. So you get to try all the different flavors. Yum. Get yours at drinkelement.com forward slash funk. That is D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com forward slash F-U-N-K. This deal is only available through that link. So try it out. You've probably heard that the human body is mostly water, but what you probably don't know is that everything else in your body is about 50% amino acids. These building blocks of life are essential for health and for fitness. No matter how you like to move, whatever you do to stay fit, amino acids are essential. This is why Kian Aminos is my fundamental supplement for fitness. I drink them every day, usually a couple of times a day, for muscle and for recovery. Kian Aminos is backed by over 20 years of clinical research, has the highest quality ingredients, no fillers, no junk, undergoes rigorous quality testing, and tastes really good. So if you want to naturally boost your energy, build lean muscle, and enhance athletic recovery, you need to get Keon Aminos. You can now save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases. Just go to getkeon.com forward slash funk. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com slash F-U-N-K to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Keon Aminos. Wow. That is really, really cool. Um, I'm wondering, because I know you talk so, so much about our connection with nature, does, does that influence this positive, negative charge? Like, how do we kind of keep that balance? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just puzzle piece right there. Um, when we come in contact with the bare earth or things that uh, are coming out of the earth, embedded in the surface of the earth. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about trees. I'm talking about plants. Um, so earthing or grounding is something that's become really popular. And a lot of people think that it needs to be bare feet on the bare ground, which is a wonderful way to do it. But there are other ways to do it as well. You know, um, those 60s hippies with their tree hugging had something right because we can actually harvest and collect free electrons that are lining the earth and they impact our biology. They help us maintain that negative charge. And what's happening um, to kind of give us an idea of how this all works is that we have an influx of cosmic rays in our atmosphere and the ionosphere way up there in the sky protecting our uh, atmosphere is collecting that charge and it discharges onto the surface of the earth via lightning. And when that discharge happens, that negative charge is spread along the surface of the earth. And that creates this sea, basically, of free electrons, so that when we're putting our body in contact with that, we're able to 
utilize those electrons and we see the benefits in our nervous system. Just a few minutes of coming in contact with this helps balance that nervous system, helps um, decrease that fight or flight cortisol response. We see a big benefit in the circulation and cardiovascular component, blood pressure from coming in contact with that negative charge. And what we see when we're looking at blood circulation is that our little red blood cells also have an electrical charge and their zeta potential is what the, it's called for our red blood cells is actually increased when we come in contact with the earth because of that sea of free electrons. It helps charge those red blood cells and their zeta potential, and they're able to maintain distance between each other. They are repulsed from each other, meaning that they're not clumping. They're able to flow. They're able to circulate with less effort because of our ability to maintain that electrical charge when we come in contact with the earth. Same thing when we come in contact with the wind and the weather, right? When we go outside, that same phenomenon of the um, coronal lightning strikes, charging the uh, free ions that are lining the earth, those electrons, we see that with negative ions as well. So we get a big exposure to negative ions when we are by waterways. Uh, waterfalls, the beach, rivers, lakes, wherever we're getting that shearing effect and water's being split, then we are coming in contact with an enormous amount of negative ions. Another thing people don't realize is a huge source of our negative ion exposure comes from wind through the trees. So literally the wind is picking up these negative ions and carrying them to us via that ambient air and that ambient uh, breeze and wind in our environment. And we know negative ions, again, have such wonderful benefits for our immune system, for our uh, mood and our neurological function, for our uh, inflammatory state at large. We are able to really sort of maintain these electrical gradients and utilize these things from the, our relationship with the world around us to maintain that negative charge and that health. We were, um, we went to the Azores in, uh, September and there's like huge gushing waterfalls. And I was like, I gotta go stand by it for a few minutes. Dr. Catherine told me I need to get my eye on medicine. I'm going in, I'm going, in. <laughs> but this is, it's, you know, whenever I am, my daughter knows this and she's starting to, to do the same thing, but like, I'll be walking in the woods and I'll just be like, wait, I have to go like press my body up against that tree or like this huge boulder or like, the, like, there's just something I'm like, I, I can't explain it. I just need it. And uh, one of my good friends who has passed, she would, um, we would go hiking and she loved pine needles and she would just need to lay down in the pine needles. So it's like, we have these intuitive urges, like your body's like, this is what you need, go do it. Or even if you're sitting in the backyard and the breeze comes and it just, you just like let out like this, ah, this exhale because it feels so good. It's like lean into that stuff. Your body knows the medicine that it needs. It's going to point you in the direction of that if we allow it, if we create the experiences to allow it. So like that probably involves going outside. Um, you are a, you talk a lot about light. You talk a lot about, um, circadian align or circadian alignment. Um, can you say more on the sun's, the light's impact on our health as humans? Absolutely. I could say a lot about it. <laughs> to keep it simple, uh, you know, again, so many things we don't think of from a mainstream perspective. And one of them is that every single cell in our body has a circadian clock. 
We are diurnal beings. We are meant to be in alignment with the sun, meaning we are meant to wake up when the sun is coming up. We are meant to be out in the sun. We are meant to see the sunset and then lower our lights accordingly. And we'll just walk through this. Why is this so important? Well, because every cell is looking for that light information to cue a long list of biological action, whether it's our metabolism, our hormonal state, our inflammatory state, all of it. I mean, even our um, mucus and the mucus secretions in the respiratory tract, that is circadian aligned. I mean, everything you look at has the circadian rhythm to it. And we can see this set up when we get that AM sunlight, when we get sun before 10 AM, we are exposing ourselves to a rich frequency, wide range of different light spectra, right? So we're getting blue light, we're getting red light, we're getting them at optimal levels to help initiate and dump our hormones, right? So this is where we um, dump our serotonin, that happy, feel-good, creative hormone, our dopamine. Later, when we lower the lights at night, that AM serotonin is converted into melatonin. And that is our sleep repair hormone. And it's absolutely vital. We can have the most robust health doing everything we should during that sun up phase of the day. If we don't have that flip side, like a yin yang, right? If we have the light but we don't have the darkness. We are going to be at such a deficit of health. We're not going to be able to overcome that. We are meant to be in the light and in the darkness. And, you know, I'm very fair skinned. So when I talk about this, I do not mean you have to get up and see AM sun and then be out in that sun, you looking at the sun or getting unsafe sun exposure. Absolutely not. Our bodies are brilliant. We can get that light through our eyes even when we're in the shade. You know, our skin also picks up on these circadian cues. We have opsins in our skin that can actually absorb that light information just like it enters our retina. So when we have light that enters our eyes through our retinas, it informs all of those circadian clocks. It goes right into our hypothalamus. It informs our suprachiasmic nucleus, which is our master circadian clock. And then that information is transferred to every single cell in the body. And so, like I was saying, I'm fair skin. So I make sure that I'm getting AM sun and that strong summer sun I have like 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes before my body says, okay, now we're going to start damaging you with a sunburn and collagen de degradation and all that stuff. I'm, that is not where we need to be. And, and that's not where our natural rhythm has ever been, right? We are always seeking shade if that time comes when we're feeling red and burnt, because that information is ubiquitous through the through the environment when you're outside. So getting that AM sun is going to set up all of those hormonal cascades. Getting a little daytime sun maintains those uh, hormonal states. And then lowering the lights at night really initiates that melatonin. And again, I'm here in the Pacific Northwest. And when winter and fall comes, it's dark at like 5 p.m. And we're not uh, bumping into each other in the dark at five. We're using lighting sources that have less blue light, incandescent salt lamps, um, more red tones so that we don't block that conversion of serotonin to melatonin. But we absolutely do use some lighting. My kids have these uh, no blue light, little clip on lights that they use as well. So they have some autonomy of where they want to be with their lighting. Um, 
And it's just such a powerful way to set a foundation for our biology. And like I said, it impacts every single system. So this is really uh, a free, accessible way to set the foundation of our biology in a beneficial way. Yeah. And that really segues into my final question. Uh, but before I always try to anticipate questions and I know that this is going to be a big one. What if it's dark where I live in the morning? You know, what if I live in an overcast that that's the question that always come comes in. Is it enough to still get outside or do I need to buy like a fancy light machine? It is enough. Now I like light therapies and light machines, so I'm not knocking them. I really like them for acute situations with my patients where we need to do something quickly and intensively because of their state of health. But generally getting outside in that cloudy gray, I mean, here in Oregon, we sometimes don't see the sun for weeks, right? It's just this gray, cloudy, you can tell like, okay, someone turned the gray lights on. So it must be daytime type of sun. It does not have to be tropical. It does not have to change your um, skin color, right? So I'm not talking about the conversion of vitamin D here, which is a whole nother benefit. I'm really talking about that range of light that we see in the morning, in the daytime, at sunset, and when the sun goes down, it has such a primary effect on our biology. So if you are living somewhere where it is cloudy and gray in the morning, in the day, in the evening, that is enough. That is perfect. It tells your body what time it is. It tells your body what season it is as well, because we also have those, um, rhythms that aren't just that 24 hour cycle. We have monthly rhythms. We have seasonal rhythms that our body flows at as well. And so it, wherever you're at, the AM sunlight is perfect for what your biology needs to inform itself and to work at an optimal level. Okay. And then final question, we've got like five minutes, so let's see if we can pack it in. Um, Really, you know, one of the drawbacks of functional medicine, which is the, the world that I occupy, is that it can be very cost prohibitive. Um, labs and supplements and practitioner, it's not a dig at a practitioner. This stuff, this this takes time and it takes effort and a lot of education. So this isn't a dig or criticism. It's just kind of facts. Um I really like to talk about free wellness. And you actually mentioned that earlier. What's part of the reason why I do this podcast is to provide free resources and free education for people. Um, but there, there's so many, many things that we're not doing. There's so much untapped potential um, that is free, 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 free. So you've already touched upon quite a lot of them. The the syncing up with with the sun circadian alignment. You've talked about grounding. You've talked about exposing yourself to ions and electrons and all the ways to do that. Is there anything else that you could add to that list that somebody doesn't need to invest in a, a lab test or a bucket of supplements or a biohacking machine that they can still get the benefit from? Absolutely. I think we've talked about a lot of free accessible modalities, earthing and grounding, aligning with the sun, exposure to those negative ions. And something we touched on a little bit is a practice of gratitude or coherence. And that is something that, you know, when I was sick and getting better, I would had a couple different autoimmune condition diagnoses, Lyme disease. And the amazing woman I was working with really kind of pushed me on this. Like, how are your thoughts impacting your biology? And I was like, oh, I don't want to know, <laughs> you know, um, but it is absolutely profound. So getting that practice down. And like you talked about coming to a state of knowing of, 
okay, here I am in coherence or, oh, geez, I am not, I need to take a second to realign so that I'm not in this state of incoherence. I think that is really important. And then something, this is just going to open up a huge window that I'll let people explore. Movement is a beautiful way to start aligning our biology. We have the pumping of lymphatics. We have the movement through our cardiovascular system. We have the pumping of those muscles. We also have the movement of our fascia. And we didn't get into this a lot, but there's a lot of amazing things happening at that fascial level. And our fascia is something that covers um, almost every single cell and with a fascial insert, it covers our organs, it's within our nerves. And when we move our fascia, we create a piezoelectric charge, just like a crystal, right? So if I take a certain kind of crystal, like a quartz crystal, and I compress it, it creates an electrical charge. The same thing is happening in our fascia. So just by movement, and it doesn't have to be um, any kind of fancy movement. It can be whatever you feel like, walking, stretching, yoga, self-initiated movement will create an electrical charge in that fascia, adding to that maintaining of our negative charge and, and so many other things we don't really have time to get into, but uh, <laughs> it's an amazing way to maintain that electrical charge to help structure that water that's lining on all of our cells and our fascia and vessels that also can really work in conjunction with these free electrons and free protons in the body. And so just those things, all of those are free. All of those can be scaled to an individual so that it's not a certain exercise program or a certain thought or gratitude practice or a certain uh, shade of sun, right? It is something that our bodies provide, that the earth provides at all times. And I think what you are doing, what I do, sharing this free information is so important because this is where we see change happening. When people start to understand how their biology works, understand the power of our relationship with our own body and with the world that it lives in. And then we as the people can start demanding change from healthcare system, from our doctors, from the institutions that run our science and our medicine and our education so that we can really reflect this interconnectedness in medicine and in science. So thank you so much for what you do and being a part of this revolution where people can address their health with something that's free and accessible to them at all times. I'm always down for a revolution. Um, <laughs> I should be careful what I say. Um, I just realized that we may have unintentionally opened a loop for people that I would like to close down because we touched on the EMFs and I said, do you have practices? And I'm wondering if everything we just talked about, is that enough to buffer ourselves against the potentially harmful effects of all the EMF exposure we're getting? I think that it's a wonderful way to help bring the body back into balance. But to be honest, I'm one of those people that unplugs the router every evening. Um, my, my, 13 year old, I think he was 11 or 12 at the time he came back from a sleepover and he said, they don't have to unplug their internet at night. They didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> so um, these are just small changes. It does take two or three minutes to get that internet back in the, in the morning, you know, when you plug the router back in, but there are ways to, um, minimize that exposure. And I think when we have a 24 hour exposure from those wireless routers that are constantly giving out um, EMFs, that it really behooves us to look at that and see how we can minimize that. I know some people even have um, electrical routers so they can turn down the whole 
electrical circuit for a floor or um, a conduit for where my bedroom is, it connects with the refrigerator. So if I did that, it would just be a, a wreck. Every that's single that's day. bad news. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad news. But there are ways to do this. And when we are inundated um, with man-made EMFs, right outside the door is a way to rebalance that our biology. Um, the dirt beneath our feet holds such power to realign that electrical charge within us. And so just being mindful of our exposure and making sure that there's a balance there is really the best way to um, mitigate that exposure and make sure that we're maintaining that electrical charge. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. This was a fascinating conversation. I definitely think it's going to get people to think about this in different ways. We all know like, yeah, yeah, I should go outside, but this is like really unpacking that on such a deeper level of like, no, like really get yourself outside. <laughs> so I super, super appreciate your work. I'm a huge fan and uh, so honored that you came on the show. Well, likewise, Aaron, thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute honor and uh, I love what you're doing and sharing. So keep doing it. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.